So uh, my girlfriend Elena asked me yesterday, um, she's like, is it hard having played like all the games, like all the really good games? <laughs> and I want to throw that to you because my answer is yes. Like, I, like you, you, you have a confused face on. Um, I guess like my question is like, I was looking through the PlayStation store because I have a $25 PSN gift card. <laughs> um, and I was like, I don't, what do I even buy with this? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because like, so, like, I feel like I've done a really good job at like catching up at like all of the best games from the past two generations or so, like making sure that like I've played them all and know them all. You know what I mean? So is it hard to play all the games? No. Like, is it hard having played all the great games oh. so that you kind of have to like I, like for the most part like, i'm just waiting for places. games yeah. yeah yeah um so i think you're probably much more like you've played the games than i have in general um i think one way or another it's just hard to play all the games <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like even if it's like good versus bad games i think you know with it's an opinion based thing because what you like i like what i like you like you know, so the yeah. there's there's so many like variations there that like i think the pressure of trying to play everything is hard but living and playing all the games that come out when they come out i think is hard to a point but you still have a backlog of things that you haven't played right like i'm thinking old things somewhat yeah I mean, like, there are things that, like, I want to get to, you know, yeah. um, eventually. But it's it's one of those things that right now, like, it's sort of escaping me what those would even be. So do you have, like, do you have, like, a legacy backlog? Like, for example, one of, one thing that I have always wanted to do um, was go back and play the Final Fantasy games and, like, beat them. Mm, the, like, from I see what you mean. The original release to stuff. And, like, yeah, th those aren't, like, new games or whatever. But, like, having that opportunity to, like, go back in time and, like, mm -hmm. experience games. Because when I, right before Phantom Pain came out, Metal Gear Solid Five Phantom Pain came out, I went back and I played in release order all the Metal Gear games from the, you know, original PlayStation all the way to, uh, what was that, Metal Gear Solid Four Phantom Liberty. Like, yeah. playing through those. And it was really kind of, like, a fun little chunk of of video game history that i was playing so i found that to be really cool and i wish i could do that more with other games sure sure uh i i do like yeah i guess there are games that i would want to go back like i want to play you mentioned final fantasy um i've always meant to i've never gotten very far into it wanted to play final fantasy 10 too um because i'm a, such a big fan of the original 10 um and i like the style of 10 too that I, from what i've seen um I uh, we, we talked about this last week, and we're going to talk about it a little bit more this week. Uh, went back and I, I played the original Resident Evil, or I guess the Ooh. remake of Resident Evil one, um, which I thought was just delightful. Um, but I guess I just don't have that much of a like of a. It might be helpful if I like wrote it down, like my actual backlog. <laughs> yeah, like a, a formal backlog list. Yeah, that way, that way, like when I am looking for something to play and I do have a little bit of downtime, like I can just like refer to the list and go, oh yeah, let's try this. You know, well, I think um, part of the heart, the difficulty in that, too, is that when like, look at this year, there's going to be in a week, a ton of new games coming out, right? Mm -hmm. Like a ton of new things coming out. So when you're looking at for you a place to play these games, you got like a week 
And like, if you're going to start yeah. playing Final Fantasy three, you're not going to be able to beat that in a week, you know, no, or like no. really like appreciate it in a week. So you never truly have enough time to like sit down and like <laughs> settle stuff because you're always looking for the new stuff. So yeah. I think that can like partially be a challenge. And I know people are sitting here being like, well, I wish I could catch up with all the games that are out and, be, and, and have played everything new. Do you? Yeah, like, Peter, it's different do, though. Do, <laughs> it's one of those things where like you realize like playing games that you have to play mm-hmm. versus you know what I mean like like uh, go through the end of your 2022. What what games did you have to oh play, my Peter? Gosh. Right, like that's the thing. Like like <laughs> I, I had someone say like, like you know I worked like six weekends in a row of just like game new game new game. You know what I mean? Like yeah yeah. And it was like Scorn, Modern Warfare 2, Gotham Knights, Sonic Frontiers, and then I ended with God of War. So like one of those I thought was really good. Modern Warfare 2 was fine, like passable. And then the rest I thought was like were, were tough, right? Um, it, they were mostly passable. Get off my back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not saying, like, you know what I'm trying to say. You, you, you guys have listened to the episodes. You know how I feel about all those games. Um, but yeah, like, like people are like, oh, like, Oh, must be so hard playing video games for the weekend for work that you have to. I'm like, they are not games that I want to sit down and play from 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. That, and it's work to do. A, like, you got to, like, you sit there, like, doing your screenshots and, like, every exactly, little, like, exactly. tutorial. Like, that ain't fun, guys. No. <laughs> no. That, um, that's why, like, it's good, to, like, it's good to, you know, do your passion for work, sort of. But it's also good to have passions outside of work, even if work is your passion. That is why um, since I started working in games, I've like really leaned into like, oh, I'm going to spend a lot of time making music yeah. like b- because that is something that is 100 percent removed from video games that I like like there's just like there is a separation between those two things. You know what I mean? Or like yeah, in my room yeah. here, I like I don't have a TV in my room because uh, like I want there to be a place that I can go where I don't have to be thinking about video games or like anything like that. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't have a TV either. In the room now, Justin. Justin, I'm looking behind you, yeah, and I'm seeing um, I'm seeing a nice lamp. I'm seeing a Lego set of Baby Yoda next yeah, to yeah. a Furby, and then right. what's that? Oh, that is a TV. It looks like oh, that is that um, is a TV I have behind me. I do have a TV <laughs> in this room. <laughs> is not the one you wheel out though. Yeah, it's on a cart, so it's great you're for a teacher. I, and like, that's very funny. The, 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 I know, right? It's like I have to like actually like cosplay as a teacher. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's a it's a cart. It's a rollout cart, and I use it primarily to play Ring Fit Adventure. <laughs> how's that? How's that going? Uh, you know, I uh, there's to a point where I have to to grind to beat the boss, and in Ring Fit Adventure, grinding means you're you're forced like to running. do the same three exercises <laughs> over and over and over and over again. So that's how it's going. Uh, over and over and over and it's hit box. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Hitbox, episode number 127. What you just heard was probably the laziest transition into the intro song I've ever done. My name is Peter Hunspitek, and joining me, as always, is my wonderful friend and co-host, 
Justin Makovich, how are you, man? How are things? Uh, things are doing great. Um, I have to admit, it hasn't been a huge video game week for me, but I watched yeah. a flick on the Ooh. on the HBO Max, Peter, Ooh. called The Menu. Have you oh. heard of The Menu? I have. I've seen trailers for it. Uh, Elena and I were going and seeing a lot of movies, um, summer to fall 2022, um, and this was a trailer um, that that we we frequently saw. Was it good? It looked good. So. It's like the glass onion, but if things really were fucked up, <laughs> like it's basically the the premise of this is that there is this restaurant on this exclusive island mm-hmm. that only the wealthy of the wealthiest people can go to. Um, and it's done with like that food art, the gastrolom- gast- gastronom, what is gastronomy? Uh I thought that gas gastron. It's like the the type of cooking that is more than it just being like you know like eating for for um oh. like to eat. Yeah, it's like gastronomy. It's, the practice yeah, it's like the art, art of choosing yeah. cooking and eating good food. Interesting. Yep. And so they they go to this island uh, to go to this restaurant uh, run by Ralph Fiennes Fines. Rafe Fines. I you know what it's spelled Ralph. <laughs> so, is it? He's got the L. It's Ralph. I'm not saying you're wrong. I mean that could be it. Let's just call him Voldemort. And there was a couple times when he had a profile that you saw his nose, and I was like, that yeah, man whoa. has a big nose for someone who played Voldemort. Anywho, he was also he was also one of the bad, bad, bad Nazis in Schindler's List. I remember that. Oh yeah, because he was, the people he was on the, set were like freaked out by him. Yeah, and we remember that because that was something every high schooler at our high school had to watch. Learned it in school. Anyway, yeah. go on. Um, so they go to this this uh, island for dinner, and then things start getting a little bit weird. And let's just say everyone on the island is trying to get off the island. Do they get off the island? Why are they afraid of being on this island? And do they get a substantial dinner? You have to find out to watch. But it is really like a thrilling it, – the best way to put it, it's a thriller. Um, yeah. And it is set up very much like what the Glass Onion was like. If you've watched that, when you have a group of people, you're not quite. You gotta watch. <laughs> I know, you, I know. I want to, dude. My problem, my problem is if like I miss a movie when it's like happening, yeah. I just miss it. Yeah, you've you've missed the. You've missed I know the boat. that the Glass Onion is like my thing, <laughs> like yeah. made made well, for me. Yeah, the Glass um, Onion is like a like a light hearted kind of like murder mystery like yeah. setup, which again is what you are like totally into. This one, it's like not quite light hearted, but it is basically satire about like the connection between um, the service industry and guests, and like sure. it, I, it, it's it's. Let it, me say I, this: I gotta, the menu I, is also my thing. Like this is also yeah, my oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean they're both they're both related to each other in in uh, like I think similar ways, but very different. Um, uh, Anya Taylor Joy, uh, Princess Peach herself, uh, plays one of the main characters. Uh, Nicholas Holt, the Beast, uh, is uh, another one of the main characters, as well as like you'll you'll like watch and you'll see like all these other character actors. Oh, speaking of sure. Mario, Luigi is in it. John Leguizamo himself. Oh, look at that! Yeah, so we have Princess Peach look and Luigi that. in this movie. So. Yeah, I highly recommend it. Like, it I was, was gonna say recommendation. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was like one of those things that you think you're watching one movie and then something happens, and then my wife and I were just looking at the screen, like literally our jaws were just agape, and our, we had our brows were furrowed. We're like, what's happening right now? <laughs> and then that face happened for pretty much uh, half the movie, at the very least. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, I is this in theaters? 
Uh, it might be in theaters too, like on a limited run, but it was on HBO Max, and it's written by a lot of the HBO Max writers. Um, okay. So yeah. Okay, because because the thing is too, like, I do I love going to see movies in theaters. You know, like, like there's something oh, yeah. different for me about like watching in like at home and like in a theater, um, and and that seems like the type of thing that I would. Well, and and really just like to, to like my my wife said this is like the first movie she can remember sitting down and watching in its entirety from like just like just sitting that without any interruptions without like you know doing like just sitting and watching it the sure, whole time sure. in one night because it is one of those kind of movies that you just got to see where it's going next. It was a long oh hour and twenty uh, hour forty seven that's uh, yeah. not not too bad. Um, well, there you go. Look at that. Uh, that this has been movie watch uh, segment, and, of and it's also about food too. So like, it's oh, kind of with ties our in. food. Yeah, yeah it yeah, ties 100%. into our, our <laughs> what we talk about on a weekly basis here. Well, we're gonna get into video game news. Give you a quick preview of what's coming up. The Callisto Protocol is apparently a sales disaster. Both Nvidia and Google are nervous about the Activision Microsoft merger, and Ubisoft is having a tough start to 2023 we're going to talk about all of that and more before we do just want to give you a reminder that you can join us on discord the link to that is in uh, the description of this episode you can also follow us on twitter at hitboxpod um or if you if you're feeling so generous and, and so inclined go ahead and support us on patreon go to patreon.com slash hitboxpod become a one dollar podcast producer get your name read in every single episode or become a three dollar deluxe podcast producer like dave parker and jay Noll. um you get an additional 30 minute bonus episode every single week. I think this week is going to be 30 bonus episodes. So that's 15 additional hours of content, um, all for just $3 a month. If not all good, we appreciate you listening. Just go ahead and, um, make sure to rate the episode on your podcast player of choice. Justin, do you want to talk about the games that came out in the Metacritic roundup? I would love to. I'm so glad you said that. Cause if you said no, I wouldn't, I truly just, we wouldn't know what to w- do. It would just be the end. Of the show. <laughs> old games are old. Metacritic Roundup. Bye. Metacritic Roundup. Uh, just one main thing here in the Metacritic Roundup. And Justin, it's not a game at all. In what? fact, I know. Um, I mean, I guess we could talk about One Piece Odyssey. It's got a 76 on PlayStation <laughs> 5. Um, and. <laughs> What else? <laughs> not rate, not scored anywhere else. Uh, 82 on PC, but uh, I have nothing to say about that. <laughs> I say there's a lot of One Piece out there to watch. Uh, there certainly is. If you're looking for, if you're looking for um, something to devote your life to, One Piece seems like a decent thing that you. If could you need a personality, <laughs> I, I guess so. Um, no, no, no. We're talking about the tv show the last of us season one which um has scored an 84 this is on hbo um the first episode by the time you're hearing it this is out right now um it's it, it, i think it's actually out as we're recording this but it is sunday morning so we have not gotten the chance to watch it but an 84 on metacritic seems pretty good right i mean I'm, from for the most part it seems like everyone is really into this what do you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think this is uh, fantastic. Like, I, I think that you I, I, the the joke with video game movies and everything is always that, uh, you know, they're not good <laughs> or yeah. it's really hard to tell um, the kind of stories that you can tell in the good video game stories in the time limit of a movie. Um, so first of all, the fact that this is a series, I think, is in its benefit. And I think that people who are watching this whether they are fans of the game or just fans of television in general are liking it i think is fantastic 
And yeah. it's, it shouldn't be surprising. Like an HBO high budget series that is going off the story of The Last of Us, how can that like how can that not be good? And yeah. I think it's really easy to like forget that this video game is like special. The story of this game is special. The story is what made this game f- my favorite game for a long time, not the gameplay. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it it's I think this is the perfect situation. I'm so excited to watch this, and I am stoked that it's getting uh, good reviews so far. Um, and yeah, 84 is a good review. User score scaring me a little bit here. It is uh, it is chilling at a 6.9. Is that right? I've got yeah. it here as a 7.3, 7.2 now. Um, oh, let me re- let me refresh it again. See if it changed. <laughs> oh, it's still 6.9. At least I'm on the on the screen I have here. But um, who knows? Yeah, I mean, this person put a one down. It says, the fact losers give 10 scores before the show comes out is just ridiculous. What, you got a time machine or something? I will change my score after I watch the show. Well, then why did you put a score on now, you loser? You're the loser. You know what, people? This is why we can't have nice things, because of people like you, user. What's the user's name? I want to call him out. uh, I'm not going to read. I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm not going to read it. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> uh, maybe they were maybe there were signs that they weren't great from the beginning um, <laughs> oh okay yeah, there, um, there's a handful of things that on here uh, from user reviews they're just like are you talking about the user review from the user the tiggle biddies i well that review is also fucking terrible just talking okay. about the agenda fuck off um <laughs> hey, hey I, i've got some i've got an agenda for you fuck right off um but i think what's interesting about this metacritic score here though is that um uh y- y- these are all from like these are not gaming sites that are on the Metacritic, uh, uh, score. I, I don't know exactly how like Metacritic does its like consensuses and like picks what things, what like publications you count. You know what I mean? Um, cause like, you know, like IGN's score isn't on here or any of the other like gaming publications that have written about this are not on for the Metacritic score. But when you go to something like Rotten Tomatoes, those are on there. Uh, and right now it's sitting at a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is awesome but i think it's it's really valuable because i think like with a gaming publication my bet is that the person who's writing that review of the last of us tv show has probably played the game and for better or for worse that does impact how we feel about things right having those preconceived notions or whatever for the most part it seems like the people who have played the game have said that it has enhanced their um enjoyment of the show right but with these TV show, more like TV publications from, you know, Los Angeles Times or IndieWire or the Daily Beast or Collider or whatever, like it's not a guarantee necessarily that those people have played the game. So I think that the fact that it's scoring well from people who have not played or maybe have not played the game, I think to me bodes really, really well. You know, what I mean? does that make sense? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I'm really excited, too, because for, uh, for a while ago, I mean, this must have been a couple years at this point, probably when The Last of Us uh, 2 came out. I wanted to I downloaded the original Last of Us to mm-hmm. uh have my wife watch at least the beginning of it. Um yeah. and like like see that story. And we never got to it, but I'm so excited to see like how she reacts to that beginning. And to be honest, I'm very really interested to react to that beginning yeah. and see how they do it because as many times as I've seen that, 
it still gets me like every yeah. time. Oh um, yeah. And most of that has to do with the performances. And when you're thinking about um, Pedro Pascal as the one doing the performance in this, in this scenario, I think it's going to be fantastic and interesting. And I am interested to, to see the little tweaks they make to the story. Um, totally. We already talked about a few about the, it's not airborne right anymore. F- yeah. They said that they're not doing the, the spores. Yeah, whatever the spores are. So I'm like, I think that's an interesting tweak that makes sense. And I'm interested to see what other kind of things that they do with it. Um, And just like the world building that they're going to do. Like, I think all of this stuff, it's just going to be fascinating. It's going to be interesting. um, And I cannot wait for I I check the time. It's released uh, 8 p.m. Central Time on Sundays, the episode. Okay. um, I think the first episode is like an hour and a half, too. Like, it's I'm ready. I have have Monday. I have Monday off. I can watch it three or four times. Oh, my gosh. I'm so jealous, Justin. Um, uh, and then, fun fact, the user score did just bump up back to 7.2 on my screen. Okay. I don't know what's going on here. but okay. uh, Maybe maybe they took a look at that big old titty. Or Wait, no, it was Tickle Bitty. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I might How dare that you mess that up? <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe, they, maybe they took a look at that review and... Um, <laughs> Where was I going with this? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm, I am very excited to watch this. Um, my mom sent me an email basically of a New York Times story being like, it's coming out tomorrow. And she was like, have you seen this? And she's like, like, do you know they're doing a show? I was like, yeah, mom. Yeah, I mean, like, like my mom is going to watch The Last of Us show. Like, to me, that is just, I can't. There's something it, there's something in my head I just can't process around this. It's like uh, at the bachelor party, like seeing all friends from all aspects of my life together. It just doesn't yeah. make any it, it, like it was hard for me to process. Sometimes my mm-hmm. mom is going to know who Joel and Ellie is after yeah. today. Like totally, <laughs> totally. My, my mother will not uh, for, like <laughs> she's not going to watch this. Okay. Uh, it, it seems like the thing that might be like her thing. But the problem is uh, she won't she can't do like monsters of any kind. Ah, yeah. So like yeah. I, I think zombies um are, are not for her i also like excuse I think, me zombies uh, uh, excuse me um clickers yeah i Predators. thought they had a more clinical word like the cordycep fungus infected uh, yeah, individuals yes, 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 the um, um but the fun guys <laughs> they're not fun guys um let's move right along let's talk about the news what do you think let's do it Breaking public service announcement for you all listeners. Last week we talked about um, the potential dangers of keeping your PlayStation 5 vertical uh, on the stand and how some um, like a small like hardware uh, retail repair shop had said that keeping it vertical uh, is bad and can damage the internals of your PlayStation. And um, they have recently (laughs) come out and said, hey, uh, that's maybe not the case. <laughs> whoops. Um, whoops. Sorry. Didn't mean to get everyone all riled up over this. Basically, the idea is um, if you have not opened your PlayStation 5, not like taking the, the shells off of it, like literally opened, opened your PlayStation 5, which is difficult to do. You need a very specific um, type of screwdriver in order to do it. Um, then your place, there is no evidence suggesting that your PlayStation 5 is at risk any higher than someone who's keeping it horizontally um for any sort of like technological failures hardware issues whatever that said if you have opened it up to i don't know see what's going on in there um then there might be the possibility that that you might have this um liquid metal issue but um to be honest we said this last week i don't really think this is something worth 
thinking about or being worried about. Do you, Justin? Uh, no, I mean, I, I think there are dangers of keeping your, your PlayStation 5 upright. Um, first of all, it looks like the the Eye of Sauron staring at you. So it really you, does, you yeah. Could be, yeah, you could be being stared at. Uh, there is the potential, as we talked about, kicking it over. That is still something very, that's a very real issue with it. For, um, so, for some of us. Some of us who keep it on the fucking, le- like, the singular leg of our desk. Okay, but listen, like, when you are thinking, like, like when you are looking at maximizing your space and you are 100% in accord management of your space and there are, every cord is in its place. Actually, it looks like a, a mess of spaghetti under my desk. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, yeah, I, I, think, I, I think this is, like, something I just don't understand with technology uh issues and things like that and how things work and how things don't work um so i'm glad that there i don't have to worry about this and let me tell you even if i did have to worry about this i'd still probably have my playstation standing upright because that's where it fits yeah Uh, i will say that the um the uh twitter account for i don't know is this the like retail shop the twitter account that basically initially uh brought up this issue did clarify saying that um that there's no evidence that it happens on consoles that have been sitting in the box um or or unopened that part was a complete misunderstanding on our end so so it goes we all get things wrong um hopefully no one went out and did anything drastic about this but we're telling you now updating you so that you know not to worry about it um let's get into some not that that wasn't real news, but let's get into some um, more news. How about that? Let's, let's take a look at it. the sales figures for December 2022. This comes courtesy of NPD. This is a um, analytics group that takes a look at um, trends in different industries, and we've talked about them before. The top selling games, retail and digital, of December 2022. Two. Number one, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, the remake. Number two, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Number three, God of War Ragnarok. Number four, Madden NFL 23. Number five, FIFA 23. Number six, Sonic Frontiers. Number seven, Elden Ring. That's awesome. Uh, number eight, Need for Speed Unbound. Also, that's kind of exciting in my opinion. Number nine, Mario Kart 8. And number 10, Crisis Core Final Fantasy 7 Reunion. Justin, what do you think about that? Um, I think it's uh, interesting. Uh, the things that stand out to me that I find to be like particularly interesting um, would be Pokemon Scarlet and Violet selling so well with all of the context around it, right? Like I know it's, I mean, it's been the second month. It, it, the it's went up in sales around the holidays and stuff. So mm-hmm. I think that that's great. I know that there have been issues with it. Um, how I've played and experienced the game, I've really enjoyed it's it for the most part mm-hmm. um is it my favorite pokemon no but i think what they do with that is going to set things up for for good so i think that pokemon still selling well i think is cool now, you said the, you're surprised by it though yeah yeah because i think with all of the context around it people would be scared away from it do you think people care i mean like i know like obviously we care uh you know, we, we love to talk about it, right? Like, like that's kind of what we do here. But like, do you think that most people really care how the game works as long as it's Pokemon and how it looks as long as it's Pokemon? 
I do think Pokemon transcends uh, like reviews at a certain point. Like, right. n- no matter what, like no matter what you rank rate a Call of Duty, it's still going to sell gangbusters. No matter what you rate a uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, it's still going to sell well. But I think really a testament to it is even the top level players of Pokemon are liking a lot of the tweaks that they did to it um, mm. in terms of uh, breeding, in terms of uh, you know uh, EV IV training. Like, there's a lot of like positive things that I've seen come out from high level players for this game. And sure. I do think the uh, competitive mode uh, is unique and interesting. So I think that there's like that level of people appreciate the tweaks of this game. And I think, again, it's Pokemon in an open world. Those are triggering words to people in a positive way. <laughs> so like they will want to play this game. So yeah. I don't know. I, I just I'm I, I I'm glad it's selling well. But I think the argument could also be made that I wish it wasn't selling well. So they would make sure they send out a better quality product in the future. Agreed, because I, I think like I don't know. We talked about this too with like something like Cyberpunk. Um, what the companies making these games saw, and like what the publishers from this saw was like, oh, a lot of people bought this. Yep. Like, there's no Absolutely. incentive for them to change anything that they've done. I mean, I think there is some, uh, maybe for Cyberpunk because they took a real big um, PR hit. But I, I would yeah. say that po- Pokemon didn't, right? Like, I, I don't think anyone who is playing Pokemon saw this and. I don't know. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, something surprising for me, two things. Uh, one was that Elden Ring is on here. I mean, it's not surprising. It's just, I don't know, exciting that something like this is so popular and is still on the top 10. You know what I mean? Last month it was number 11. So, like, it wasn't in top 10 for uh, November, but, like, okay, top 11, fine. Like, <laughs> that's still, that is still, I think, pretty phenomenal for a single player game, right? That is, um, from a, a, a niche of gaming, I think, right? For it to be so popular, but it's hard to even say that it's a part of a niche anymore if it's if it's been in the top 10 selling games of the whole year, right? Like, yeah, that's And I think, wild. too, it, it kind of, like, pops up and shows you that the game awards matter for games. And, yeah, like, totally. getting, you know, no matter what, the fact that this game bumped up in December could have been potentially sales. I'm sure it was on sale at certain places, but... I don't think it's a, a coincidence that, hey, in December, the Game Awards happened and it was Game of the Year and all of a sudden, whoop, sales go up. I have been looking for something to play. Made a new Elden Ring character. Magic focused this okay. time. Okay, cool. Uh, got my teeth kicked in for about an hour and a half. And I Fun. said, I don't, maybe I'll just enjoy the memories I have of Elden Ring. You know Could what I mean? Like the- <laughs> couldn't you New Game Plus it? I could. Um, but I, I kind of wanted to re-experience, like I wanted to see the new, like see a new play style because okay. I t- tend yeah. to play a lot of these games very similarly, like Sword and Shield, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I was interested to see the stuff that Magic brought to the table, uh, and I don't like it very much. In fact, I don't, <laughs> I don't like it really at all. Uh, I, I don't like managing um, the the Magic bar, like. I, I just like the stamina regenerates like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like whatever. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's a good game. But the other thing on here that uh, was interesting to me is that need for speed unbound broke top 10 because this game was like announced like six weeks before it came out. Like, I don't know. Like, like it's on the PlayStation store, like right when you open it up. So I think there's that, um, like it seems to have some, at least some marketing going towards it. But, um, I've not really seen many people talking about this. So I'm excited though, that a game that was seemingly sort of like shunted to the, to the sidelines by EA is still able to perform well, especially, um, I don't know. I th- in December and November, I think there were a lot of great games that were releasing. So for it to be able to, um, shine through, I think is pretty great. 
Yeah, I agree with that too. And like, uh, it also kind of just shows you that regardless of what you say about EA games, they still make games that sell well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, EA is on is on here. What four times? Uh, maybe just three with three Madden, for FIFA, now, and Need for Speed. Like, yeah, like insane. One hundred percent. And I think two of those, like obviously the the two sports games, like those are pretty much guaranteed to sell well because um, people just you know buy those every year and, and enjoy them. Um, but I think something like Need for Speed to me seems like a more of a a gamble. Um, so I'm just glad that it has paid off. Um, so top ten selling best selling games of the year. In 2022. Uh, the, the one other game too to add oh, yeah, is sorry. the um, uh, Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's uh, a interesting tr- thing to get on there because it was something that was such a I think I don't know overlooked by a lot of people. Um, yeah, and it's a game I'm interested in trying to play again. Um, but it just shows you the power power of Final Fantasy. People um, love it, and the power of Final Fantasy VII specifically. Yeah, yeah. Um, did did we talk about the overall games of the year? Uh, we're we're selling? about to. Oh, cool, cool, cool. You do would you would you like to read the list? Oh, sure. So these are the games that over twenty twenty two were the best selling. Uh, number one is Call of Duty Modern Warfare two. Number two is Elden Ring. Number three is Madden NFL twenty three. Number four is God of War Ragnarok. Number five is Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga. Number six is Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Number seven is FIFA 23. Number eight is Pokemon Legends Arceus. Number nine is Horizon Forbidden West. Hell yeah. And number 10 is MLB The Show 22. I think also for Pokemon, the digital sales of that are not included. That's just physical copies. Jesus Christ. And then for MLB, uh, that is only for PlayStation consoles. But... I think this is fascinating. Yeah. That this is where we are in in 2022. Obviously this doesn't account for things that are like free to play, right? Like Fortnite can't be on here because the the part that everyone's playing is free, right? Apex it can't be on here cuz that's free. But I think that this does go to show you and hopefully shows publishers that single player games are huge, right? Obviously Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 that is going to be at the top. Obviously you're going to get Madden in there. Obviously you're going to get FIFA, whatever. MLB but like Elden Ring, God of War, Lego Star Wars, Pokemon, Pokemon, and Horizon. Like that's more than half of the top 10 best-selling games of the year. Like I think that's huge. I think that is a huge accomplishment um, and and hopefully tells people, it tells big publishers like, hey, people still want these. I know that yeah. EA recently had um, a big uh, uh, like turning point for, for uh, lack of a better word, recently after the success of Jedi Fallen Order. They were like, wait, people want to play these single player only experiences. <laughs> what? Yeah, they do. They really do. Um, so I hope that this sort of thing shows those sorts of companies like, hey, people want more of this sort of stuff, which, in my opinion, these are the these are my favorite types of games to play. So, yeah. And and just on top of that, too, the fact that Elden Ring beat Madden, I think, is yeah. insane um, and just shows you like the widespread popularity of this game uh, from more people than just your main your uh critics like us i think it's it was a much more mainstream game than any other souls game ever has been um which makes sense why it's gotten the kind of popularity and award accolades that it's gotten uh this year and i think it's worth talking about too that i mean call of duty came out in november (laughs) god of war came out in november pokemon scarlet and violet came out in november like those are gigantic yeah (laughs) 
gigantic yeah. sellers for them to be in the top 10 and you know the top five for the most part um two months after they came out like i think Ooh. i think that's that's great so there you go that's 2022 in terms of the best selling games uh let's talk about the callisto protocol a game that was not featured on that list um <laughs> to the dismay of Crafton, the game's publisher um according to mk odyssey this is uh a a news site that that covers uh i think it's korean news um because i think Crafton is korean um yeah I, I think that's right uh the game costs ap- uh, about 162 million dollars to develop um and what? that the game just has not recouped those costs. Basically, they were hoping for six million units um, in its first six months. Um, but I think that currently they are not even close to getting to two million units by the end of this year. I don't know if that's 2022 in reference to or 2023. But um, holy shit. <laughs> I think that's insane. Like, like. I don't even know where to start with this. Like, obviously we can talk about the fact that it's not selling well in a second, but for the game to cost $162 million. um, And like, I I don't often, I guess, follow budgets of video games, but like, that seems like a significant chunk of cash for any game. And then them assuming it's going, or not assuming, hoping it's going to sell what you said, how many million? They want six. They wanted six million that they were trying to get there. Like that is a huge number for a video game for a new IP for like I lofty Uh, for for reference. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven cost one hundred seventy four million dollars. (laughs) That okay? So like like even that right there. The the this game is just under the budget of Cyberpunk, and Cyberpunk was in my opinion, a much bigger game. Yeah. In, in every way possible, like bigger game, bigger failure, bigger, whatever, bigger success, <laughs> bigger, whatever, like yes. literally bigger in every way. And this game costs that much money. I haven't played this game mostly because of, of reviews and people like you. <laughs> Do you see where this money went? Uh, uh, I know where it went, right? I think it went to the, um, like art, uh, like the the art design, um, because it, while it is not a very good game in my opinion, it is a stunning looking game. They they really it really really does look good. Um, if I said like it looks good in stills, I think that's maybe the best way to talk about it. Because unfortunately, I, I think that there are some animations that look really good, like little things like I, this is super specific. Him going up the stairs, I think looks really good. <laughs> I know that's really specific, but like I noticed it when like, whoa, um, I mean, but then for the fact that you notice that, like clearly there's something special about it. Yes. Yes. Um, and I think when you play it in the uh, the like ray tracing mode, I think it really does really shine there. Um, but I, I like it didn't go to writing a script because, damn, there there's like eight lines of dialogue <laughs> and they're all just like, Jacob, we need you to go get this thing. Like, yeah, <laughs> it didn't go there. I think. Um, you probably have a lot of money going to the audio design. Like I think the audio design is when it's working properly. Um, very good. Um, but yeah, I I guess, yeah, I don't know where 165 million or whatever they said. Uh, also for reference, uh, it's estimated that Grand Theft Auto costs $137 million. (sighs) Red Dead Redemption 2, 170. Um, 
uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake 144. So, like, these figures aren't necessarily unheard of for video games, even for single-player video games, right? Like Final Fantasy VII Remake, like I just said. Um, But, like, damn. (laughs) Well, like, that is a lot of cash to sink into a seven hour experience in of a brand new EP. Right. And, and, and I think maybe part of that too has to do with the studio opening for the, cause this is the, the first game for the studio. Mm-hmm. Like they, they included those costs in it. Cause I'm sure like that initial thing of starting a studio cost more than just already like running it back. If you're like rockstar or even yeah. CD project red, but I think you hit it on the, on the head there when you were talking about it's a seven hour game and I know that shouldn't matter. I know sometimes we uh, as gamers kind of like look at like shorter experience as a good thing as we get older because like it just is easier to get through and you're not like spending like, you know, 70 hours with it, Assassin's Creed. Um, but like also if you're really thinking about the holidays with so many things to play and you're looking at where you're going to put your time, are you going to play a, a seven hour average game at $70 or are you going to put that somewhere else where there's a ton of good things coming out? So I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying they should have like, shoehorned in multiplayer here but maybe part of the length and the and i maybe that has to do with it a little bit i don't know definitely doesn't help me to think i want to play it no and i think it's also it's tough because uh i mean horror is huge right but survival horror like this i think still is a niche right like um this article here compares it to the sales of resident evil village obviously a a game from a, a long established franchise that you know, has had its ups and downs, but like coming off the heels of Resident Evil 7 was by far a lot of people's most anticipated of the year. Um, it sold six million units in its first six months. Resident Evil Village, a game that had, you know, that huge, huge excitement around it. Um, and, and something like Callisto Protocol, I just didn't have it, right? You had people who were excited for um, Glenn, Sh- you had people who were excited for Glenn Schofield, right? Coming back as the making a video game about. <laughs> dead space basically right but like yeah i think i think that six million units for a game like this uh is not realistic but i also am not in those meetings and not paid to make those decisions so well i mean even like resident evil village awesome game too everything about it was in its favor um they had the 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 gameplay the graphics the thirst trap of lady dumb dominatrix what's her name (laughs) dimitrescu yeah okay come on you're close (laughs) i was close um and like that's still like six million is a lot don't get me wrong but like that's resident evil (laughs) right right like to me but to your point though like Resident Evil 6 million that's as good as survival horror is going to get. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that is as big as survival horror can possibly get. As and and Callisto Protocol just like a brand new thing that people kind of heard about like just wasn't just wasn't enough. So sorry Callisto Protocol um you were not very good. I it makes me sad. I really uh, hope it doesn't uh stop the studio or shrink the shoot studio or close down the studio. I hope they can continue to make things and hopefully build off of what they started here, whether it's a sequel to Callisto or something else. Believe it or not. Uh spoilers for the Callisto protocol at right now. Skip 15 seconds to 30 seconds, I don't care. Um they certainly ended on a cliffhanger. <laughs> like it's gonna happen. I don't know. I really hope it's literally a cliff that you're like looking over and it just ends. Um, no, although that doesn't seem far off for <laughs> something <laughs> that they would have done. Uh, no, it ends on a fucking uh, vo- uh, voiceover. 
Oh. I, I hate, I can't stand with things like voiceover at the end did not start with a voice. It's just like, well, we need to tie this up. Uh, yeah. And we didn't, we ran out of budget for whatever. But, but did they hire Morgan Freeman at least? No, they got the second best person. Um, what's her name? Andy Michelle? Who Who's the woman in this? She was in The Boys. Is her name not Michelle? The Callisto Protocol cast. Um, Karen Fukuhara. I don't know where Michelle. Close. Michelle, came Karen, from. Karen, Michelle. Yeah. Um, so there you go. <laughs> hey, hey, let's take a second. Let's pour it out for all the Karens who aren't annoying. Hey, Karens, thank you for your service. Um, keep doing your thing as long as your thing is being cool in public. <laughs> And not filming retail workers who just have to be there. Um, thank you. <laughs> All right, let's talk about uh, NVIDIA and Google. What do you think? Let's do um, it. Regarding the Microsoft Activision deal, NVIDIA and Google have apparently um, written or spoke to the FTC, the uh, uh, um, that? Financial Trade Commission? Federal Trade Commission. Federal Tra- Trade Commission um, in the U.S. saying that they are concerned regarding um, uh, Microsoft's ex- acquisition of Activision and Blizzard, um, among other studios. That's that's according to Bloomberg. Um, the, the Bloomberg sources say that both NVIDIA and Google provided information to support the FTC's argument that the acquisition could give Microsoft an unfair advantage in cloud subscription and mobile gaming. Um, what do you think? Yes. Like, like the answer to this is yes. I think every company who is not Activision Blizzard and Microsoft is going to try to stop this from happening because this is going to be an industry defining move for both of those, those companies. I mean, we're talking about two huge companies kind of joining together to like kind of set (laughs) a new wave of, of gaming and, and everything. And I don't think other companies can compete with this uh, at a certain point money wise. And that doesn't mean that this should or should not happen, but companies are in their best interest to at least put some roadblocks in the way to make sure that this either doesn't happen or if it does happen, there are some concessions made that are going to make sure they benefit their company. For example, um, if Sony can can get firm, clear word that Call of Duty will be continued to be on PlayStation, that is in their best benefit, right? If they can get that written down. And I know they've already yeah. talked about the deals of that happening and stuff like that, and that's what they intend to do, but intentions versus legally binding contracts, I think, are very different from each other. I think it's interesting that players like NVIDIA and Google are getting involved in this too because all of the stuff that I was reading uh, had a lot to do with some of the smaller developers being worried about this and what it meant for the industry. Um, But like a big tech company like NVIDIA and a big, I guess, is it tech company like Google and a big company like Google? um, Fucking Google. (laughs) Right, Real quick, I'm sorry. I don't don't mean to interrupt you. But like, hey, Google. (laughs) Hey, Google. You're going to trigger a lot of people's homes right now. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry about your devices. Um, ex- how about this? Excuse me, Google the company. Uh, you, you're, you're Google. Yeah. You're, you're Google. I'm not saying that, like, that they shouldn't be concerned for this, but I am saying that, like, hey, uh, start thinking about <laughs> your shit. Maybe. I don't know. Like, but, yeah, I, I do agree with you because I think, like, 
you know, like as much as we talked about how um, PlayStation, uh, specifically like the things that like Jim Jim Ryan said about this active uh, acquisition and all that sort of stuff, like does sound a little like <sighs> whiny is maybe the wrong word. Like they're trying to make themselves seem like that they are like way way more of an underdog than they. L- are i mean they're not it's playstation they have enough like, money not. to buy something for 69 billion dollars what kind of no, underdog no, no, no. i'm saying i'm saying like um uh the way that like playstation tries oh, to like okay, make it seem like they are i was like um like like because they're, they're not but like they're also like that's their job they have to because they're gonna lose money on this they they, they will um and and i think everyone knows that right but so it does make sense why Nvidia and Google might be inter- in interested in doing the same. Although, I, like you know, they don't make games, Google and Nvidia. Um, but I think it's interesting, like um, Wait, specifically talking about Google like streaming stuff. Oh, they they definitely did try. Yeah, that's true. Um, but like they like talking about like the streaming side of things, right? Because that's not something that like I've even really thought about with this. You know, the expansion of the X Cloud, right? And that being the dominant way to stream games, right? Yeah, there's whatever PlayStation's got going on with um, PS Now, if that's even still a thing, or it's just been you know assimilated into um, PlayStation uh, Premium Plus Essential, r- yeah, whatever the, it is, whatever. yeah. Um, but uh, you know, Google <laughs> shuts down Stadia because the interest in streaming just wasn't there. Which I don't even th- like. I think that the sh- interest in streaming is there. It's just that. It's not with Stadia. It's with, you know, Microsoft. So them expanding that, I think, is um, reason for some, someone like Google who does have, you know, at least some eggs in the streaming basket um, to be concerned. But there you go. Yeah, I mean, I do think, obviously, like, Microsoft's big thing here will be the streaming. If they can make streaming, like, seamless, they're going to be set. And that's going to yeah. be, again, not just industry-defining. That's going to be global-defining. And... It- I don't know. It's already pretty good. <laughs> I think like in my experience of streaming games, um, like especially for my phone, uh, the X cloud stuff has been the best stuff in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Like most responsive and, and you know, just overall just very, very good. But yep. Um, there you go. Anything else to add here? You want to move on? We can move on because this story will continue to haunt us for the rest of the year. <laughs> 100, 100%. Let's talk about other things that may haunt us in the future. Ubisoft um, is having a weird start to 2023. It was uh, it, uh, apparently uh, it has canceled three unannounced games, um, hoping and, and hopes to make back um, 200 million euros um, by cutting those costs over the next two years. Um, through restructuring and um, move, shifting things around internally in the company. Uh, I believe, so th- like I said, they canceled three unannounced games. And I thought last year they canceled two unannounced games as well. So like they are really, really, really um, looking to cut back on their development costs, it seems. Um, it, and probably publishing stuff as well because they publish, I think, their own games. Um and then also, they've delayed Skull and Bones for a sixth time. Um, I don't know when this is coming out now. <laughs> Will uh, it? You know, <laughs> right. <laughs> Excellent point. Uh, it's supposed to be released during Ubisoft's next fiscal year, which begins in April and runs until March 2024. So that is a 11-month <laughs> window. Uh, it was supposed to be coming out like next month or, or the month after. 
Um, but uh, this is, I don't know. This is, this is weird. Uh, in addition to all of that, I've, there's like a lot of, a lot to talk about here. In addition to all of that, um, in an email sent out to, um, uh, uh, employees at Ubisoft, the CEO, Ves uh, Gilmont, uh, he's a Frenchman, I think. So I, I'm probably not pronouncing his name properly. Um, so apologies there, but, uh, basically sent, he sent an email out saying like, the ball is in your court to deliver this lineup on time and at the expected level of quality, basically saying like, you need to work really hard <laughs> in order for us to, to be doing good. And it's kind of like, Hey, those devs have been working really, really hard. You canceled the game they've been working on. <laughs> like, I don't know. How does this take you? I know there's a lot here. Yeah, I mean, a lot to unpack. Like, first with the game itself, like, if the games are not working out, obviously, like, canceling them at a certain point might you cost it, right? benefit analysis, make more sense to do that. But is that the fault of the of the developers for doing that, like, for, no. for the game? I mean, obviously, like, they're the ones developing it, but there's so many other things, unrealistic timelines, um, forcing them to do, like, like stupid things in their games, like adding multiplayer features that don't need to be there, um, uh, any kind of free-to-play models, making the game super big and, like, expansive. Like, all of these things are, like, objectives that game developers want to have in their game, or not game, like, bigger companies like Ubisoft want to have in their games that you know you look at anything uh just talking about uh close to protocol get into dead space dead space 3 those kind of things ruined dead space 3 yep made it harder to develop made it not the game that they wanted and it seems like ubisoft with all of this stuff is basically saying like we need to make money we need to find the best ways to make money so if your game's not going to make a lot of money we're not going to support it anymore um so i think I, I think it's horrible to say, like, it's your fault, developers, which is a way to paraphrase that, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, it, it can't possibly be their fault because they're working on the video games. Right. It's right. your fault. The one who's assigning, like, who's figuring out projects. It's your fault. The person who's, like, coming up with the games that they're going to be making and marketing them. Like, like it is yeah. literally anyone else's fault. Right. Now, if if. I think there's definitely a way for him as a leader to go into this and instead of pointing fingers to say, we as Ubisoft need to do better at uh, coordinating, organizing, and make it easier for developers to come up with games that we want. Um, and not necessarily saying it's your fault developers being like, we got we, we as a company need to get, get better at this. It starts from me. This is what we're going to do. Like you can start something like that and have a good message. I just don't understand these stupid CEOs. Don't they have legal people around them? Don't they have marketing people around them who like check their emails and like check their messaging? Like that, that is like one of the things that like, again, I want to, I'm hoping I, I want to take things positive intent as much as I can here. The fact that he says the ball is in your court to deliver this lineup on time and at the expected level of quality. He's trying to challenge people, but that seems like it's your fault if you don't. Yeah, right. That's the thing, right? Like, Inspire, I, I do don't dem diminish. Yeah. yeah, like he's trying to be inspirational. At least that's how it feels to me. But like it just comes across as so fucking tone deaf. Like <laughs> that's that's tough. Um uh, also, I mean, not that this is exactly the same. It's not a one-to-one -one and not to romanticize one company over the other because we've heard, you know, over recent months that Nintendo's not ideal either in terms of, like, being a great place to work all the time. Um, but you look at, like, Iwata cut his pay after the Wii U didn't uh, meet expectations in terms of sales. Like, again, not, not that it's one-to-one, -one, not that that's, like... Not, he took onus 
and and said this isn't necessarily on me or this isn't necessarily on the people who are making this this is on the people who are at the you know in the higher ups but again and not not that it's a one-to-one but i just think it is one of those things that like you look at uh someone a leader um and someone who is willing to advocate for the people underneath them and and the workers and whatever else and i think that that's just um admirable in my opinion yeah and i mean obviously this is just bad leadership from uh use yeah. Uh, and like, just, you got, you, if you are a leader of a company, I get it, it's about money and it should be about money. Cause you're a company trying to make money, obviously, yeah. but like, you got to make sure you inspire your staff and, uh, challenging your staff and pointing fingers at your staff for saying they're at fault for it is not the way. Yeah. Release uh, Skull and agreed. Bones. It's not going to be better at a certain point. Just get it out there. And <laughs> right, that's the, the thing, right? Like at a certain point, it, it's, it's going to get a seven from everywhere. And they're going to say like, it's a fine open world, but like. Didn't we play this before when it's called Assassin's Creed 4? And like, <laughs> our, our, there's no reason to play this over Sea of Thieves. Like, <laughs> it's going to have bugs. It's going to be janky. It's not going to be great. Whatever. I, you know, I could be eating my words. Who knows? Maybe it's going to be the best thing Game ever. Game of the year. But scores like, a 95, beats Elden Ring. But come on. You, like, just, you're, I think, Justin, you are totally right. Just fucking release it. Just yeah. do it. <laughs> like, like, at a certain this. point, it's not going to be better. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so there you go speaking of, of games coming out this year though or i mean who knows about skull and bones but um looking forward to 2023 video games xbox announced that they are doing a developer direct on wednesday hitbox day really uh january 25th so that's two weeks from uh this wednesday next wednesday really if you think about it um <laughs> as, as some might call it uh, and it is focusing on games coming out uh, in 2023 and headed to Game Pass in the next few months, really, um, from studios like Arcane Austin, Mojang, Turn 10 Studios, ZeniMax Online, uh, and ZeniMax Online, excuse me. So those games are going to be like The Elder Scrolls Online, Forza Motorsport, uh, Minecraft Legends, and Redfall. Um, notably, it doesn't seem like they're going to be talking about um, Starfield here, which I think that makes sense because they do say that um, they have a dedicated standalone Starfield show uh, in the works coming later. So what do you think? You excited to see any of this? No. Wow. <laughs> I mean, wow. so I think uh, Elder Scrolls Online, good, good. I'm glad it's still going on. I just don't like I, I wasn't interested in it when it came out. I yep. am not interested in it today. Forza Motorsports, people will love that game. I bet I, in my head I see what the game is going to look like already. Cool. I played I, it I under, when it yeah. was Forza Horizon 5. <laughs> yeah, like I've, I, I know it's going to be. It's going to be a bunch of pretty looking cars driving yeah. around real fast. Um, Minecraft Legends is a little bit interesting, um, I think, uh, to a point. Um, but, uh, I mean, maybe just from a fantasy uh, standpoint, I really enjoyed Minecraft Dungeons. Uh, did you play that when it came out? Oh, I thought these were the same thing. Um, no. What is this one? Is this the this, ta- the uh, tactics one? I I think it's like a multiplayer game, like a fighting, like a like a, um, Minecraft Dungeons was the Diablo kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the the Diablo one. Minecraft Legends is more like a competitive multiplayer experience. Did they just announce this? Yeah, in June. Okay, so this was the one I'm thinking of that they announced. Like, this is their new thing. Yeah, yeah, this is new. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, um, yeah, go on. I'm not gonna play it. Um, and then Redfall, no. <laughs> I, I, Arcane Austin, I uh, like, I liked. Uh, what was that game that they just came out with? Arcane. 
Well, well, I will say this. Arcane Austin has not had a game come out since Prey. Arcane Montreal, I think, was Deathloop. Oh, uh, okay. So I trust I trust Arcane to a certain point, but nothing about Redfall for me personally um, is what I like in a video game. <laughs> like, that's not like what I would go for. I'd be much more interested if it was something straight up like a Prey, a more single-player-based experience. But maybe, if I'm looking at anything on this, Redfall has the most to gain for me by watching this direct agreed because they, they say here uh, this is on like the xbox news post um that the 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 direct will reveal single and multiplayer gameplay um showing you more of how your you and your friends will take down bloodthirsty vampires on the piss right so like i'll be interested to see like what does this mean for single player uh, for this single player experience because to me that's what like this to me that's what this game needs to be because yeah oh yeah i just it, prefer to play games that way right um if it is like a, a left for dead e kind of environmental open world thing, then I'm definitely not like feeling that kind of thing. So again, out of all this, the only thing I'm looking forward to is seeing if Redfall is something I'm going to be interested in. As yeah. of now, I hear Redfall. I am not excited about Redfall. I I know what you mean. I think the last trailer we saw of it when when you were that woman, I think she's like running through like she's like stealthing around like in an attic of a house or something like that. I thought that looked kind of interesting. Um, I'll be interested to see this and I am assuming more hoping that um, we'll get a date for this game uh, because I, that has been sort of a big question mark. Um, I also think that this showcase is important because um, Xbox had a big showing at the game award, not game awards, the summer games fest from last year, like the not E3 thing. Um, but it was basically absent in the second half of the year. I mean, you know, you had Pentiment come out, sure. You had, um, was there anything else first party from them? I don't think so. Um, Pentiment, I, I know, reviewed well. I, it wasn't for me, unfortunately. Ugh, unfortunately, I wanted it to be so bad. Um, but, like, like, they were pretty absent from the second half of the year. And then at the Game Awards, I don't think they showed off a single thing other than a, a sizzle reel or two. Um, maybe Armor, uh, not Armored Core. Um, what's the game that core is in it core it is called core atomic heart <laughs> is that really the one <laughs> yeah i think that got a trailer um but yeah i like like i hope that this does a good job at sort of setting up what's to come for the year because i think like even though you know forza motorsports not really our thing minecraft legends not really our thing elder scrolls online not really our thing like the fact that they've got these four games and Starfield coming out later this year, I would say that that is a pretty successful 2023. Even though it doesn't appeal to us specifically, I know that there are people who are very excited for Minecraft Legends, Forza Motorsport, and my sister is very excited for the Elder Scrolls Online expansion, I'm sure. Um, and, but and they, they do in the marketing, they say uh, the latest info for Xbox games launching in the next few months, including, and they say those four games, meaning... Right what else is going to be announced? And here we go again. Like the <laughs> Xbox hasn't necessarily learned the lesson that Sony has learned. And like, we are only talk. Listen, guys, look at me. We are only talking <laughs> yes. about this game because then the theories start the going. Face, like, yeah. no, no, look Listen. at me, look at me, look at me. Yeah. <laughs> and then afterwards, everyone's like, no, nah, they're going to show something else. Last of us multiplayer. They're going to talk about that. I'm sure I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I will watch this and be interested. Um, to see what comes of it. But you, I think you hit it on the head with, with Redfall being the, the big thing. But um, let's talk about one more news story here. 
Um, this is not fun, but I think it's worth talking about. Uh, so Justin Roiland, creator of Rick and Morty and most recently High on Life, um, is he's facing a felony for domestic abuse charges from 2020. Um, and while that's maybe not necessarily our lane in terms of like, I would say he's more of a TV personality as opposed to a gaming personality. Um, the studio behind high on life and Trover saves the universe squanch games, um, uh, reportedly had was sued in 2018 over sexual harassment charges, discrimination and wrongful termination. Um, obviously that is not new news, but following, um, the reports of Justin Roiland's domestic abuse charges and, and some like DMS that have been shared about him being a weirdo, <laughs> Um, it does raise questions about sort of the work culture that's going on there and, um, what it is like to be employed there. Because while the, uh, studio definitely, uh, denied the allegations and denied that they, um, did any of those things, they did settle out of court. So at a certain point, you know, that's not going to say, um, legally, who was at fault or did what, but they did end up paying up for that. So what do you think of this? Uh, is this just another story of, of a shitty studio so, uh, being bad? To be clear, a settlement doesn't always mean that there is guilt by the that's party that's saying. settling. So like, yeah. I mean, like a settlement sometimes is like there, like if there's a case that has no way to be resolved necessarily easily with like, like specific facts and proof and stuff like that. Sometimes it makes more financial sense for both it's parties just money to, to go settle. away. Yeah. Just right. money, money to end this. Um, but that being said, <laughs> there's smoke, there's fire. Um, yeah. I, I, and there is a, a, a repeated history of this kind of stuff around Justin yeah. Roiland and, and around Squanch games, it seems. So, you know, from a marketing pr perspective, if I was like, uh, you know, trying to market this company and market and like be their PR person here, uh, you got to be you cannot put yourself in situations where this stuff starts happening. Um, and I, I think regardless of, of the truth of any of this stuff, regardless of anything like like what is actually happening here, the fact that this blemish is on the company and on Justin Roiland is problematic. And like it, I, I, it's it's a situation where you just got to be better. And even if you did nothing wrong and you said I did nothing wrong and the way you perceive the world says you did nothing wrong, well, people are perceiving it that you did stuff wrong. <laughs> yeah. And um, I think that ultimately with, with situations like this, to me, uh, you have to uh, – you got to be better <laughs> and yeah. be nice to people. And I mean some of the stuff that has – that uh, Roland has been accused of has been like frightening um, like to hear this kind of shit. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, basically to the point where um, I think they they had a seize or he had to give up all of his firearms because one of the things that he was accused of was like uh, false imprisonment and intimidation. Yeah. Um, like <laughs> that stuff doesn't come out of nowhere. Yeah. And more people keep stepping forward and saying stuff. So that's why I'm saying where there's smoke, there's fire here. So it just adds more context. And, and it, it's hard to, uh, you know, start to separate. Justin Roiland from Squanch Studios when the studios itself has issues. Uh, Justin Roiland is such a front-facing face figure of the of the games that he does and everything. So <sighs> this is just sad and disappointing. And ultimately, be better. Be, be your best self, whether you are being recorded on camera or you are in the privacy of your own home um, because who you are off camera is generally who you are. 
Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunate. I mean, it's one of those just like major bummers like this sucks. And uh, there's no other way to slice it. Uh, don't mean to end there on a bleak note in terms of the news. Um, so instead, I'm frantically Googling any sort of interesting and good video game news. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm just going to put in video game news. Uh, uh, here's something. Uh... uh <laughs> Uh, um, there's a lot of Last of Us talk. Uh, oh, here's the Simpsons hit and run soundtrack has finally been released on Apple Music and Spotify. So for those of you who have been fucking waiting for this day, uh, finally the Simpsons hit and run, which apparently, uh, first of all, it's a very good game, but um, secondly, apparently the soundtrack is excellent. Um, so congrats, Simpsons hit and run. Happy for you, Justin. Can I tell you about the video games I've been playing this week? Oh, I would love to know about the video games you've been playing this week. All right, you might as well call me Mr. Resident Evil um, because so I beat the uh, Resident Evil remake, the like OG Resident Evil remake. Um, I think like the day after we recorded last week. It's a great game. It is a stellar game, and I think a true classic that, in my opinion, really stands the test of time. Can you can you like rank it in like because my my touch points here would be resident evil 7 and 8 i would say as the ones that i've like played to completion and have opinions on where does it fit if you're trying to rank those three games i know those, it's like that is just like so different um i would probably say resident evil 7 is the best out of those three resident evil 8 comes after that and then this one comes after that i think like while it does stand at the test of time it is still an old game and yeah. you can still go like oh like this was what made this genre you know what I mean? Like, this is yeah. what defined this. Uh, and, and so even though it is a remake, like a lot of that stuff still definitely um, comes through. Like, let me say, I don't know if you personally would like this game. <laughs> um, I don't disagree with your assessment. <laughs> like, like, cause it, I think it, you know, falls into the old games are old and like it is, it is a tough game that is really willing to just not hold your hand. Um, and you know that's fine that you know games get to be that but um yeah i, I would not say that it because just by the, by the fact that it is an older game just has a hard time standing up to those two um and also like i think especially resident evil 7 has a very good story um that i think adds to the overall like tension and fear of it all you know um i, I think it is is actually quite gripping whereas the story in the original resident evil is there is a mansion with some zombies in it. Isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think the story in resident evil eight is a little, uh, more complicated and not They cut a baby into what fourths. Yeah. Thirds. <laughs> yeah. Um, in a way that I think is not necessarily like the convoluted aspect of it. I don't think helps it or like aids it. And Would then you, you put you know the baby I mean? back together and in the DLC, you play as the baby. Yeah. That's awesome. That is there. Are, there, I would. <laughs> oh man, that moment when you go in the basement of that dollhouse, ooh, ooh, that's some good stuff right there. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's it's um, it's good. Resident Evil, the remake of the OG. So I finished that guy, and I was looking around, and I was like, "Well, shit, I might as well replay Resident Evil Two remake." Um, I was like, I never did the clear story, so. Uh, let's do that. So I played the Claire story and I finished it last night. 
Oh wow, um, and that's a shorter yeah. game, right? Like like a little. It was like 10? six hours. Oh, okay, less than that. Okay. Um. Y- yeah, because like, what's cool is those games give you a ranking, like when you're done, and, and they like the goal is to like replay it and go faster and like get a better time and use less saves and use less items and whatever. Um. So I finished it in six hours, uh, and some change. Uh, my first playthrough is Leon because you know that save data is still there. It was eight and a half. So like. Okay. You know, they are different, but I didn't know where to go. Are you, you know, becoming like, a speedrunner like, in front of my eyes? Ah, uh, no, that sounds like <laughs> a lot. That's, you know what I mean? Like, that sounds like a lot. Because um, also when I saw six hours and it was like, you got a B, I was like, cool. I'm deleting this off my hard drive. <laughs> like, you know, I think if I were, if I had the heart of a speedrunner, I would see that and take that as a challenge, you know? Hey, um, Bs get degrees, so do Ds. That is true. And I and do an have a degree. Too. I have two degrees. Oh, look at you. High school? That doesn't count, does it? <laughs> in college. I went to college, believe it or not. Um, you wouldn't know based on my job. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I did go. Um, all I have four, like 96.8 degrees usually. 96.8. Oh, fun. fun. I run hot, so I'm usually like 98. Yeah, um, yeah. Like if I'm yeah. hitting 98, I might as well like stay home. I'm infirmed. I was sweating last night trying to go to sleep <laughs> laying perfectly still so this is a true yeah. story we were having some issues with our heater it kept like going off and like not starting uh-huh. um and so i called a, a heater guy and uh we usually keep the heat at like you're gonna love this like 75 Holy he was like asking shit. some questions right and he's like so what do you keep the heat at and i was like 75 and he pauses and he goes is there a reason for that <laughs> 75 degrees are your it's just like all the windows in your house fogged up all the time no i mean it's like it's pleasant in the house like you don't feel oh. it um oh, so apparently what it. was happening was it was just overheating <laughs> go figure oh yeah believe it or not weird <laughs> and it wouldn't be able to start so um 75 no we uh i keep we keep it at 65 now um <laughs> because that's and can i be honest that's too high for me <laughs> that's too high that's way too high for me <laughs> I would I would prefer like a 61 like that's where I would thrive best um, and that's not even you know not even using the air like that's just you, you just turn the heat off it'd be probably hard even there. in the winter to keep your house at 61 because I would assume just the natural heat of your of your building would would at least heat your place I don't know it's I'm fine with, I'm fine with just turning the air off you know what I mean just like letting it be what it is but uh, I didn't I didn't know having the air on was an option at this point of the year <laughs> excuse me the, okay. the heat. I was like <laughs> oh, if we could have the air on oh I'd be living oh just just a nice little cool breeze I'm waiting really for, for uh, Josh to bust in the door and just like shake no. you like don't you even consider it <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway I, I finished Resident Evil 2 remake um and part of the reason why, not only is it is it a shorter game, but part of the reason why I finish it so fast is it's a fucking great game. It is gripping from the start to the, fin- to the end. It is a phenomenal game, I would even go so far to say. Um, and, and there are enough differences between the Claire and the Leon playthrough that while I did, you know, it is largely the same game with many of the same areas and stuff like that. I think some of the encounters are different and interesting and like the connective tissue that holds it all together, I think is really interesting and fun. Um, and the stories are different enough, you know? Um, but I, uh, I, I think I love, I think I've turned into a resident evil fan, like a, like a big fan. That's awesome. Um, 
because I've been trying to I was trying to find uh, Resident Evil 3 remake um, for cheap because right now it's being sold on the PlayStation Store for $40. And I'm not saying it's not worth that, but I'm going to play through the campaign one time and go great, you know, yeah. and then move on. Um, so I was trying to find it used. GameStop seems to have it uh, at like 18, 20 bucks, which is perfect. Oh, okay. Like I'll yeah. pay for that. Um, but the, the ones nearby me, I uh, didn't have it. So I've got to go all the way to Naperville to pick that. Oh, up. Sorry, man. That's like the worst. I mean, it is a, it's a, a bit of a hike. You know what I mean? Like it's a 20, Hope you don't 25 minute it. drive. Uh, well in this weather, you know, it's, it's pretty beautiful out. Not a cloud in the sky or I guess just the real <laughs> stringy clouds. Um, uh, and then also <laughs> picked up, um, uh, Got back on the horse of Resident Evil Six with my roommate. Oh my gosh, you're really yeah. I so I finished I finished Resident Evil Two. Oh, sorry, not last night, the night before. Uh, and last night I was like kind of bumming around, like well, like I didn't know I didn't think I was gonna finish it so fast. You know that was like when it gonna be my weekend game. Um, and then Josh was like, I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I finished Resident Evil, and he looked at me. He's like, Well, do you want to play more Resident Evil? <laughs> like, yeah, I do. Is there more? Uh, and that game is still not very good, but enjoyable. Yeah. Um, and I like that. <laughs> I think I think that if you're going to be a bad game, be enjoyable. You know, yeah. like be yeah. so bad that you're enjoyable. Um, but I don't really have much more to say there other than um, it, it is interesting having played all of the mainline games except for three. Um, how the, all those stories do connect for Resident Evil 6. Oh, wait, have you played Resident Evil 4 all the way to completion? Okay, 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 cool, cool, cool. And I'm excited to play it again for, uh, when the remake comes out. I think I'm not going to, I think I'm not going to play it before. Yeah. Um, because like, if it's, fa- it's a f- if it's a faithful remake, it'll, it'll just be, be the very same redundant. Again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I almost, uh, I was waiting for it to be on Switch. It was $9, $9.99 oh, on sure. Switch. And that was the price point. I was like, all right, I'm going to probably do this. But then I was like, I own it on PC. I own it yeah. on xbox i own it yep. on <laughs> like i want everything got a graphing calculator so, and i still yeah. haven't played it so i probably just well, you don't like it one. right like you just don't like that control scheme and and it's, it's just been really fair. hard to get through i mean i got as far yeah. as uh you're killing the with the who's the villain the guy with the beard in the in the shed the flaming shed yeah, the fire thing like that's as far as i've gotten and i just every, yeah. every time i've gotten to that point which has been twice i'm just like i feel like i'm good yeah I, I think i think that's fair right and and um Again, I think if you are not enjoying the game because of its control scheme, like don't you don't have to muscle through it. It's not going to change. <laughs> um, but maybe I will change. I guess maybe I'm fair. the problem. But who knows? Maybe you're going to find out. Are you going to play the Resident Evil Four remake? You think? Uh, <laughs> probably. No, yeah. I think I will. I think I have to. I'll probably get a physical copy if you want to borrow it. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I'll, I'll I'll hear what you have to say about it, and then once you say good things about it, I'll play it and be like, well, still fucking Resident Evil Four. Yeah, I bet I will like it considerably more than you, because <laughs> I've on, the only time I've ever like see. I know what happens in the game because I watch speed runs of it. That game goes mm-hmm. in weird ass places after oh. the village. <laughs> it, it, people talk like, about it being weird. like a scary horror game, and like it is for the first like hour and a half, and then it just drops all of that and gets in a wacky comedy yeah. like yeah. it's great yeah. yeah um yeah i i uh <laughs> i like that game a lot <laughs> um but yeah I, just, I don't know what happened i've just been on this kick of just like thinking that these games are actually excellent you know yeah no um 
and we, you know, we talked about Resident Evil Five when I played it last year about like, hey, that that's a tough game to talk about, right? Like, in terms of like its um, messaging racially, let's say, uh, and how that's doesn't feel good. Um, and, and we've talked about how, in a different vein, Resident Evil Six is like not a good game per se, but it is enjoyable, right? Like. I think it's the Fast and Furious of video games. <laughs> yeah. Like where I don't think anyone watching those movies are like, this is this is cinema. This is high art, you know, <laughs> like, uh, I'm sure there are people out there, Peter. I guess Very that's true. There's always a guy for people. that. Always a guy. Um, but like, you know, they're they're largely enjoyable, right? Like they're flying cars into outer space. <laughs> like, yeah, that's very fun. I, I just find it interesting how five and six were enough to like kind of like move resident evil to a point where they almost ruined it <laughs> oh like, yeah like like i can definitely see why people didn't like six five uh, five yeah um but like i can see why people didn't like six yeah uh, it's not a good game right and then they, um, they had all those like the other games the the kind of like code veronica's that came out that aren't bad games but it just became like let's put out everything about resident evil at this point yeah and seven saved it and now it brought it back to the place where now, I think you became a huge fan through seven, through eight, through going back to play the remakes, through going yeah. back to play the originals. So, ooh, thank God they didn't fuck that up. I wonder at what point they're going to stop remaking the games, though. Because, like, okay, so, like, first of all, I hope they never remake one. Because I think the remake that they have of one, again, it's an old game, but I think it, it does hold up in terms of, like, what it is, you know? Um, And I also don't think that if you remade it, in the style of the recent, you know, Resident Evil remake two and three, like I, I think something would be lost um, because I, I don't remember who said it, but someone had a review, a recent review of it that basically said, like, it's not like an action zombie game. It's like a point and click adventure where there are zombies in it. And like usually the solution for dealing with the zombies is walking around them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it gets tense when they're in tight hallways and whatever. And like, then you do have to shoot at them or, or bait them out and, and juke around them. But like, um, I, I, like, I don't think that like you can't, that is not the same style as resident evil Two remake, um, where that is, I think a more action focused game. Um, but wasn't the original resident evil two more of a linear corridor shooter. I mean, it was, it was a similar, it was, you know, the similar like point and click, not point and click, yeah. um, yeah, uh, yeah, tank yeah. controls tank. thing. Yeah. But as, you know, as those games continued to release, they did start ramping up and they're like committing commitment to like to action shooting. and, and yeah. shooting and stuff like that. Um, which I haven't played the, the, the third one. So I'll be interested to see just how big that gets. But like the finale of Resident Evil one is a shootout in a laboratory with a monster the finale for resident evil two when i played with as jill or claire is you is get a minigun oh. and you're shooting a giant monster on a train platform okay <laughs> yeah different games right like like those are different um but so what i'm trying to say is i don't think they should ever remake that first one because i think the remake stands its uh, on its own is still good um looks good still uh and and captures the spirit of the original while not being um while still modernizing some aspects to it um second one's been remade obviously third one's been remade obviously fourth one remake is coming do you remake fifth the fifth one, one you need it you need it because like it's it's one of those things right where like if you remade it you could potentially 
like like avoid some of those terrible r- racial issues that they they ran into but like i don't even i don't know if there's much worth saving in that game you know what i mean just like let that let that die you know and go do new stuff you know and then the sixth one do you remake that because while i find it enjoyable it's it's because you're laughing at the game you're not you're not going like this is a this is fantastic like there are some good sections here and there but like you never are like wow this game is incredible like seriously you know what i mean i think it's incredible as a fun game to play with a friend to laugh at and and go like how the fuck did they think this was good but like it's not like do you know what i'm saying so like if you remade that like what do you do you know but don't you think capcom knows enough that that wasn't some of the more fondly remembered video games like i don't know if they need to need to remake that i hope but and then they just focus on Worst case, they remake forward. a shitty game and it's still shitty. Best case, they remake a shitty game and make it awesome. Wow. That was actually profound. Thank you. I have a t-shirt that says that. I wear it every day. I've seen it, and you do. Yeah. And you, a lot of people wonder, like, is he just not washing it? Yeah. Come on. He's got a wardrobe full it, of them. And what an oddly specific message to wear every day. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? The people who need to hear it need to hear it. And yeah, I need to hear true. it. That is true. Um, and I thank you, Justin. And I thank you, dear listener, for sticking around with us for the past hour and a half or so. Um, If you are interested in supporting us, you can join us on Discord. Link to that, again, is in the description. Become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash hitboxpod. A $1 podcast producer or a $3 deluxe podcast producer like Jay Noel, like Dave Parker. Get that bonus episode. 30 minutes every single week. And when you sign up, you get access to all the old ones. So, like, come on. That's that's a pretty good deal right there, in my opinion. Every every week, that deal gets sweeter. Um, we'll have I don't know if this is coming out before or after, but there should be a crossover episode with Button Mashing One Hundred One, who you should also check out. Um, the fantasy draft for twenty twenty three. We we did together again um, after a stunning defeat uh, for me and a. Uh, you were close, weren't you? Would you get third? I got second? third. I mean, I was nowhere close to winning. I m- maybe could have been closer to second, but even then, I was solidly in third. And I'm, yeah, got I'll it. take that. Yeah. Testing uh, the waters. You were not solidly in last like I was. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was tough. But this year, this year, like a phoenix rising from the ashes, I will uh, reign supreme. The comeback story of the decade. Um, yeah, so that episode will be on the public feed, uh, free for all. Um, so look forward to that dropping some point this week. Uh, maybe it's already out. Who knows? Uh, other than that, am I missing anything, Justin? I don't think so. Incredible. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening. We will catch you next week. Always remember, old games are old. Bye. Bye. I'll stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>